five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. First of all, relax. World Vodka Day is almost here. In the spirit of covering news you won't probably get anywhere else, this is from Australia, and they said that alcohol consumption is up in COVID, but um, they're not going to be too hard on anybody because you got good reason. And so you might want to, uh, but you might want to enjoy not this coming Monday, but a week from Monday. Energy prices, according to Print Week, uh, in the UK could mean a print price surcharge. And I didn't know what that was about because, you know, our energy prices are, yeah, they are what they are. But I thought, okay. Apparently, they ballooned by 250% since the start of the year. That's, uh, what? Two and a half times, okay? And apparently, it, as of Monday, it was supposed to go up another, like, double. Um, and so, the, the situation also affects electricity uh, because of the shift away from coal fire, power, power stations to renewables. Now, this is, okay, so, you know, well, costs are costs, but what's the cause of the cost? And I was really interested in that. And so, I found another article, and this was also from Australia, uh, it's a good, which-50 is an interesting publication, I have to say. And so Michael Fagan writes, um, British gas prices are spiking, and then it shows a picture of the windmills. And I thought, huh. Then he said, nothing hurts a government more politically than people afraid to turn on the central heat in a cold northern winter or decide whether to eat or heat. Um, and so he says it's gonna, it could be up way more than that shortly, the spike prices. Okay, what happened? Well, here's one thing that I really didn't appreciate. Uh, he said the wind went on strike. That global wind speeds have been trending downwards for decades. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I really didn't. And uh, as Britain is becoming ever more reliant on wind as a source of energy, with, what, with as we can see now, little margin for error from baseload backup. So what they did was they shut off their coal power plants, and I think England does have some coal because I remember the expression taking coal to Newbury or something like that, um, which was saying it was a, like an unnecessary government program because there were coal mines in Newbury. I think it was Newbury. Newcastle, something. Anyway, uh, so I also found out that if you put up, if you put up a single turbine, uh, and you expect to, to duplicate that when you build a big wind turbine farm, you have to put up six instead of five to get the same yield that you would from the one because of the turbulence in the turbines. So I learned a lot of stuff. Um, but the biggest thing I learned, and I, and I saw a mini documentary on the Texas debacle that happened this spring uh, or this late winter, and basically they said... You know, wind is unreliable. You need baseline power. And so Texas, you know, passed these initiatives that said, we want to be clean energy. We want to be the clean energy capital of the world. Well, they happen to be the oil and gas capital of the world. All they had to do was turn on the pipe. But because they switched electric over to wind, a lot of people froze. I mean, I don't know, 160 people or something froze to death. So... These government policies have impact. They have impact in printing. They have impact in heating and death. And cold is dangerous, I have to say. And 
consistent power is important. And CO2 isn't the demon that we've made it out to be, I think. I don't think that's what's causing the global climate change. And happy to talk on that topic if you'd like. But, you know, we've always got nuclear. And you should look into, we should look and be looking much more in earnest into nuclear. Because that's clean energy and it's safe. And there you go. So, Developing High Impact Direct Mail for All Ages by Keypoint Intelligence. This is by Eva Padula. And she starts out by saying direct mail is a key component of the print spectrum, which of course is true. You know, I know printers that print millions and millions and billions of pieces of direct mail. It's hard to distribute print brochures any any more broadly than with mail, right? You're just only going to give away so many at a conference. Okay, so direct mail is a key component of the print industry, and its importance will only grow as high speed. This was this was where she lost me only in the first sentence. Its importance will grow only grow as high-speed color inkjet devices bring new levels of quality and productivity to this market. Well, that isn't true, of course. Roto is much more efficient. It's a bigger setup, but you know it can slam much more ink and get roll those presses much faster. So I don't know, I don't know Eva or Eve, what you're thinking here. But I don't know. But I think where she's going is with the same mantra as everybody else, that the key to direct mail relevance is personalization. And for that, you might prefer direct or digital presses rather than Roto, say, which you don't want to change for millions and millions of pieces. Right. I printed Roto with our our Donley. Anyway, so consumers, it says, are most likely to read and review mail pieces that feature personalized relevant content and one of the reasons that we call direct mail junk is that it's not relevant but there's a rub and that is that the future is uncharted and the past is over and the only way to guess what someone might find relevant is what they've found relevant in the past but humans like surprise so sometimes it's fun to get something you're not looking for that's part of the fun of advertising And so we're in this dilemma, and we are always in this dilemma, and we've been told that digital will solve it. Digital will find you only engaged people. You know, let's say you're selling fire extinguishers, okay? And with digital, we can, we can, we can, we can figure out that someone's dialing 911 on their phone and reporting their house on fire. And instantly, we can be at the door with fire extinguishers to be sold to them. No, it doesn't work like that. Even digital doesn't work like that. Plus, what I browse and what I'm interested in are worlds apart, right? I'm on four or five different computers a day and I'm browsing things that I need to find out about or that I'm just curious about and have no interest in buying at all. And how you piece that together, it's like God help you. Only God knows what tomorrow I'll be interested in. I don't even know what I'll be interested in tomorrow. But I found this particular graph very, very interesting. And I, and I, and you know, I would say this to all the authors that are writing marketing pieces: stick to the data that you actually have, instead of speculating on stuff. Now, it does show that personalized and relevant content does is the most important thing. But from that, it doesn't follow that we can guess what you're going to want. And just because your mail piece is irrelevant to me today and goes in the trash does not mean that the same direct mail piece won't be relevant to me tomorrow. 
That's the real issue here. And that's why, you know, Andrew Ettinger, if you watch his, his webinars, he's telling, he's telling home repair people, you know, you're not marketing for the person that has a hole in their roof today or has their furnace out today. You know, they've already called somebody. You're, what, what you're trying to do is be the person they call. Keep in front of them. Top of mind. And that's branding. That's the long term. And that we can do because ultimately everybody's going to need heating and air conditioning service eventually. Right? And you may be able to put a, a special in there. But if you can convince them that you're the company in their neighborhood that they should call, and then, then, then you'll be the one who, who gets the call. They may not buy today, but not every marketing piece is geared to have them buy today. And I don't know how I can say that strongly enough. Personalization is not everything. And, I, and I'm sorry that everybody keeps going all in. And, and for one thing, if you're going to go for personalization, then digital is probably much more timely. It, you can't help it. Although, I learned from Mike at RRD that they have a way of testing content and offers before mailing in a much faster method than mailing. Fascinating. Mike's going to send me some information. I'll cover that in the next, when it well, depends on when he sends it. You know, I, I have one guy who's promised to send me some B2B stuff, and I, like a year now. <clears throat> but anyway... What's interesting here, too, is that the baby boomers are more interested in relevant content than the 18 to 34-year-olds. Interesting. And also, the 18 to 34-year-olds, which is down in here, they lead the pack, are much more interested in the interactive elements. Now, does that mean that you, you only put the QR code on the, on the pieces that you think are going to a young person? No, that's just stupid. You put a QR code on, you put a phone number on, you put an email on. It's okay. It doesn't take that much room. It shows people you want a response. Okay, so anyway, um, I'm not sure of all the conclusions, but as you know, if you go to WDMA.org down here and you subscribe for free or join, it uh, looks like we're going to have some more people joining, some great people. Um, told me that last night. So uh, if you go there and subscribe, you get the daily show notes, which I put up almost immediately afterwards. Oh, well, sometimes it's a day or two. And you can read this whole article and you can decide what Eve thinks about things. And you can write me and we'll talk and that would be fine. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.